There isn't a one-size-fits-all marketing approach to selling real estate. Sure, there's best practices, but I think that you need to develop a strategy that's unique to your brand or your business and that highlights your superpower. So welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you find your superpower and exploring creative solutions to build a more visible brand that consistently delivers an exceptional customer experience. Whether you're selling real estate, loans, title, or escrow, doesn't matter. We've got you covered. Let's go. Welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. And um, this is a topic that came up because the three of us got together this past weekend. And I confess to the guys that I feel a bit like a bit of an imposter even doing this podcast. Um, and let me just give some backstory because I think it's going to be helpful. Maybe some of you can relate. At my company, we've been working on a number of different initiatives. I've spoken on this podcast about a CRM we're building. Uh, to be perfectly candid, that that has been a labor of love, minus the love part. <laughs> 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 Sounds um, like a CRM then. Like <laughs> it has been a real challenge. Um, I've also been working with my sales team to improve our our closing and our our asking for the sales, which we're going to talk about on a future episode on our conversions, on our follow-up. And you know, we sit here on this podcast and the three of us talk about strategies for growing business, using social media, building trust assets. And like many of you, I'm sure, I personally get fired up by these conversations. I want to go execute on them. But sometimes I just feel like I'm not making the progress I should be making. And it makes me think, do I have any business talking about this with Scott and Ricardo who actually do this stuff and actually are successful at it? Do I have any business talking about this stuff in the sales and marketing context? And let me just expand it even a little bit more because many people who are listening don't go out and talk about sales and marketing. But you know, you guys are talking about other things. You're talking about the real estate market. You're talking about how to sell homes. Maybe you've only sold 3 or 4 homes in your entire life and people are coming to you and asking for advice on what they should be doing with their home to make it uh, hotter mm-hmm. on the market. Or maybe you are an agent who sells several homes and now you're having to build a team. But you know, you've know you just always done your own thing. Everything's kind of come by instinct. And now you've got people who are looking to you and saying, Hey, guide me. And you feel like you have no business guiding them. That's the feeling that we want to speak to today. Mm-hmm. And I was really surprised when I brought this subject up to Scott and Ricardo this past weekend. Because do you guys remember what you told me? You basically said, hey, everybody feels like an imposter. <laughs> I started laughing and said, welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so maybe as a jumping off point, what, why do you think people feel like imposters even, even when they're saying true and good things? I don't know. That's a, that's a hard one. But I talk with some of... I even talk with some of our sales reps and it's we're talking goals and numbers, right? I think everyone at our company has a revenue goal of like 40,000 a month. Um, there's a few in the company who have hit like just for this last month have hit 71,000, somebody hit 150,000. Um, those are all great numbers. And one of the one of the threads is, "Oh, I don't feel like I deserve to hit that number. I don't de- think I deserve to hit 100,000. I don't think I'm capable of hitting 100,000." Mhm. And I think as salespeople, you always kind of 
I don't know. You always kind of have that feeling. It's it's how you react to it that kind of makes all the difference. You either have the confidence to to say, you know what, screw it, I am capable of this, and you kind of power through. But I feel like that feeling is always there. That sentiment is always there. I'm a very confident person, or at least I think I am. And I have my moments of insecurity and self-doubt. And I just have to casually remind myself, like, hey, you know what you're doing, you're a badass. But if I didn't have if I don't if I don't have that feedback loop, and this is, I guess, um, somebody asked me the other day, is it the job of a manager to motivate a sales team? Or should that motivation be intrinsic? Mm. And it was a it was an interesting question. I my response was, I think you can motivate people up to a certain extent, but then they have to see it through. Like, I can't coach someone to success if intrinsically they have no desire to want to be successful, if that, if that kind of makes sense. Right. I think it's the job of a sales manager to, to find ways to carry that motivation month after month after month after month. But that person, that salesperson needs to have some sort of intrinsic desire to want to grow and want to be successful. But but that imposter syndrome, I think that's some either I've always had it, Scott's always had it, and you know, we kind of just figure it out or or I don't well, know. If if imposter syndrome wasn't a real thing, the self-help industry wouldn't exist. Because all seriously, because all it is is all it is is internal dialogue. And it's and and this is this is where it gets interesting for me, because I've been thinking about this a lot. I've been thinking about this conversation we're going to have because we actually I, I belong to some very high level coaching groups. Like we spend a lot of money to be around people that operate at way higher levels than I could ever think of. And and imposter syndrome is a very real thing that goes through that entire group. CEOs of billion dollar companies. Um, I don't know if you've ever, I mean, if you read a lot of business books, uh, you also kind of see, um, a lot of CEOs. I mean, they fail a ton of times before they succeed. And, and it's just getting through it. You know, the other challenge that you have, I mean, we're always our worst, we're always our worst critics. And and when you frame it in that perspective, because, you know, when you say imposter, if a stranger walked up to you and said, Dustin, you're an imposter, you'd blow them off. You'd be like, okay, that person doesn't know anything. Um, listen, you should be so lucky as to generate enough traffic on like this kind of thing where you can get somebody in a comment thread to call you an idiot, right? <laughs> if, that, if you could get that to happen, you would be a rock star because if you've got everybody agreeing with you all the time, you're not saying anything interesting. So that's kind of what you want people to challenge you. All we're dealing with is just our internal, our well, there's two things. You're dealing with your internal dialogue and you're dealing with what we talked about before is frustration, anxiety, imposter syndrome is is a is is a um is a result of you expecting things to be different than they are. And you know, you said you're trying to build a CRM and you're hitting a wall and you want to smash your face into a wall. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to, to everyone. CRM. Yeah, yes. welcome to everyone in real estate. Yeah, yeah, and it's managing those expectations, but I mean, l listen, I'm 
I struggle with this constantly, especially now that I'm trying to do more video. I'm trying to do more YouTube videos and I'm trying to like really kickstart a YouTube channel because we had a couple of really cool guests on here. And, you know, we talked about YouTube and I was like, that sounds fun. I want to do it. But it's crazy, man. It's a struggle. It's like, it's bad. It's bad, but it's all internal. It's not anybody else telling me that, oh, you're an idiot. You shouldn't be doing this. It's just me inside my head saying, well, what if I sound dumb or what if I look dumb or <laughs> what if this and that? It's um, it's huge, man. It's real. And, and, and I think every single salesperson out there has that. I mean, think of your first day in your, your first day in business. Everybody had a first day in business. Everybody started off knowing nothing. And, you know, that's where the phrase fake until you make it comes in, right? Because you got to just push yourself. You got to push through. You got to push through that self doubt. But, yeah, okay, man. But, it's, it's, but, but what yeah, if go for it. Right. Like, what if your internal monologue, which is saying, you're an idiot, yep. is right. <laughs> it's right. What if it's right? Yeah, like what if it's legitimately calling out something, you know, for example, let, let me just give let me just give an absurd example, okay? So what if I was like, you know what? It's time for me to drive a Bentley and wear a Rolex and own $5,000 custom suits because I am a baller, right? And my title is CEO and I run a company and I have employees and we make money, right? And my and what if my internal monologue is like, dude, you're an idiot for wanting to do that. And, and what if I blow it off because I'm like, ah, it's imposter. How do you distinguish between the voice that's right and the voice that's just weighing you down because of lack of confidence or something like that? I, is that for me? I <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. No, that, that is a really good question. And, and, you know, and quite frankly, you've got to go to external... Uh, support sources for that. Um, you bounce that stuff off of Ricardo and I, and we start laughing and we say, welcome <laughs> to the club. They, now that that kind of helps. That's that feedback loop that, that you potentially need. Um, you know, I mean, I don't listen, if you, what you're just, what, what you're describing also is your values. So if your values are that you think that, um, if you think that physical things uh, create value in your life, um, your values are going to be tested because when you, when you buy a bunch of stuff, it's not going to change you. It's not going to change how you feel or how you think or anything like that. That happens to celebrities all the time. You see like young, you know, kids that are, that are celebrities and then they end up spiraling into a drug induced, uh, you know, hard crash. And sometimes they recover and sometimes they don't. So, you know, what it is you're asking I think life is gonna life is gonna end up telling you. Listen, there's no. There, I'm not. It's in, not I'm that not, you couldn't be as. It's not that you couldn't be an imposter, yeah. but you, I'm telling you, it would be a lot more effort to try to be an imposter than to just feel like you're an imposter. I'm not embarrassed to tell people I don't know. I'll just flat out tell them I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, and we, and we should all we should all have kind of it. it <laughs> my mortgage industry that I'm in would be so much better if people would just say, I don't know. 
<laughs> you know, all of life would be so much better if people would just say, you know what, I'm not sure what the answer to that is and risk looking like you don't know everything. That 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 is what makes you a better, <laughs> I mean, in terms of sales, you know, that's what makes you a better salesperson than anything else is not knowing the answers, but knowing where to get it. I'll, I'll say I don't know. And then I pick up the phone and I call Scott and talk to Scott for an hour. <laughs> I say, I don't know either. <laughs> and we talk for an hour about how we don't know. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but no, I think that's the, I think that's what it is. Uh, Dustin, you surround yourself with people that you respect and whatever you feel like you're an imposter about, uh, rely on your, t- rely on your network or the people that you surround yourself with that you trust, that you trust that know you and say, Hey, is this a dumb idea? You know, am I thinking about this thing the wrong way? Cause I'll tell you right now, I know you well enough that if you came to me and you said, you know what? I think my business would skyrocket if I went and bought a Bentley and started <laughs> buying like thousand dollar suits, everybody would think I'm a baller. And I would say, Dustin, you're crazy. <laughs> That's not going to make your business better. You know, so it, you would get might, that. It might be worth the risk. <laughs> but you know what? You'd look damn good trying. I That's, would look good. Uh, Rolling up in a Bentley to open houses. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah. No, but I, I think Scott's right. I had an agent two weeks ago um, who is was interviewing for his first. We had a rescheduled podcast. He's re-interviewing for his first uh, multi-million dollar listing. He's been in the business for 30 years. It's his first multi-million dollar listing. And he feels like, I don't know if we're going to be able to pull this off. I don't know if this, I don't know if that. I'm like, dude, you've been selling real estate for 30 years. You're in the top 20% in your market for the last, you know, however many. I think every agent has imposter syndrome. I think every title rep has imposter syndrome. I think, I just think everybody does. You know, I also want to, imposter syndrome is one thing, but also just insecurity is another part of that. So it's, it's just, what are people going to think or being afraid to put yourself out there? Because that's really what you're afraid of. It, it, I am mean, I going to look stupid? Am I going to sound Am I going to look stupid? Is somebody going to is somebody going to think worse of me if I put this out there or if I do this thing? <clears throat> or if I admit that, you know what, I hit a wall with the CRM. I feel like I'm two steps behind where I started because I thought I knew what I was doing moving into it. You know, and and um it, yeah, again, so all right, let me tell you this kind of crazy story. So one of my one of my little binges, um, one of my little binges on Netflix recently was The Masked Singer. And I had avoided it for a long time because I thought it sounded stupid. And then I ended up watching one episode to see what it was. And, and in a nutshell, what it is, it's these celebrities. They don't tell you what kind of celebrity they are. They're just all over the place. Politicians, uh you know, singers, uh, actors, just whatever. They're, they're somebody famous that you've heard of or whatever. Um, and they get in a full costume and it's a singing contest and, and their voice is disguised. They don't know who each other are. Um, they just go out there and like they make fun of the security. They have like secret service people that surround them. They don't communicate. They all have voice modifiers and, 
And it's a singing contest. And what blew me away is how many of these celebrities said, this mask has liberated me. I was so afraid to do this. I'd lost all of my confidence. I hated my voice. Um, I've always wanted to do this, but I never tried because I was afraid people were going to judge me. And because they're, they have, and then I was thinking about it and I was thinking, what is the one thing that celebrities don't have in their lives? And it's anonymity. And so they're constantly out there. And I mean, some of these things, some of these, these celebrities were breaking down crying, like in the mask, they were crying. You could hear them. They were just like, I just, I can't believe this. I've been doubting myself for years. I never thought that I could do this. And the judges and the crowd are all like loving them. And they were really, really good, but it was an actor, you know, and you didn't know that they sing. And, and, um, and that, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was just like, you don't see that kind of vulnerability from people, but they could be vulnerable because nobody knew who they were. And, and I thought that that was a really, really interesting way to back into this whole idea of imposter syndrome. And it, and it just really reinforced to me that we are all human beings and we all have the same reaction to everything. It's just, it's the way that we're hardwired. It's our chemicals. Some people can be overly confident, but how many times have you saw, how many times have you seen, um, well, shit, I don't know, celebrity suicides, right? I mean, I mean, we lost some really, really, really kind of important people, some Anthony Bourdain, Chris Cornell, um, Robin Williams. You look at those people they got consumed by imposter syndrome, but we thought that they were gods, right? We thought that they were these amazing people, but inside they were struggling with this stuff. So it's, 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 it's part and parcel of being human is what it is. And the, but the problem is, is people don't talk about it. So if you wouldn't have said that, Dustin, people don't I mean, talk about it because again, they don't want to feel dumb. They're afraid or, of being judged. Yeah. They're afraid of being judged. So I mean, I don't know how hard it was for you to come out and say that to us, but um, I thought it was interesting because I just kind of always feel that way. And I just don't <laughs> ever think that it's weird that you don't feel like you're just a complete fraud and you're out here just trying to sell stuff. But the reality is, is whatever's in your heart, uh, you know, you're doing if, if you're doing things for the right reasons. That's one thing. If you're doing things to end up on American greed, that's a completely different thing. That that is people trying to be imposters, and they're embracing. They're just embracing that. But no, man, that's a the struggle is real, my brother. <laughs> the struggle is real. It absolutely is. It absolutely think, is. You know, what, this is what we discussed on Saturday too. For me, there are definitely moments where I do not feel like an imposter. So, for example, when I sit down and talk with uh, young 20-somethings who are late in college or recently graduated from college, especially ones who are thinking about some sort of entrepreneurial journey, and I'm giving them advice, right? Like, hey, take a second look at MBA programs. Here's why. Or if you want to launch into a company, here are some of the things that you should take a look at and consider. Have you, have you asked yourself this? Have you asked yourself that? Um, I've been down that road myself. I have seen what works. I have seen what doesn't work. 
And so when I'm giving them advice, I'm giving it to them from a place of experience and uh, authentic reflection on that experience. And so I feel good about giving it. I don't feel like an imposter. With the sales stuff, I, I think... And, and this just goes into, I guess, part of what it means to be in sales. Sales is rarely uh, a hindsight type of thing, right? Like It's not like you make sales by looking back. You have to make sales by looking ahead. You have to make sales by looking around the bend, seeing what's coming up, saying, hey, this helps solve that problem. You're, you're, you're on the front of the line. You're not, you're not kind of in the back or on the mountaintop kind of gazing upon everything. But um, you know, with sales, I, I do feel like um, I'm newer at it. You know, like I'm still learning lessons, and it's that lack of confidence I think in me that that makes me feel like the imposter because, would, because I'm still in the you know, I'm still in the trench. I'm still digging. Replace the word imposter with student. Hmm. That's it. It's just you're a student. You're you're learning. You're not you're not an imposter. We're all imposters until we know. You know, we're all just trying to we're just students. We're trying to learn new stuff. It doesn't mean you're an imposter because you're genuinely trying to tr do something that makes you extremely uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, and that you feel is going to bring judgment on you. But that's also the thing that separates separates people is being able to power through that and do it anyhow and and you know what we we have that video maybe we can link it in the show notes i think a lot of this has to do with understanding the um the sort of the 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 competency quadrants and and um anytime you learn a new thing the process of learning a new thing and the stages of learning something new and it always gets worse before it gets better and your imposter syndrome is going to be just like a 100 pound backpack on you for the first three quadrants of being competent at something so that you can confidently uh, have conversations and express yourself and explore ideas in a place that you're super comfortable with. Uh, it takes a lot of hours to learn how to do that. And the only way to get there is to put in the hours. What, Scott, what in your mind is the difference between a student and a teacher? Um, I think the best teachers are the best students, actually, because I mean, I think if you're if you're always trying to learn and I'll get biblical on you here and I, and I think you should live life through the eyes of a child. I, I mean, I just think you should. I think everything should be wondrous and new when you look at it. And if you can have that mindset and if you can take that perspective, always then grow. you're constantly learning. You know, you're constantly learning. You're constantly growing. I, I, I mean. I, I think the best teachers teach by example. Uh, I think somebody that tells you what to do is not a teacher, they're a teller. Uh, I think the best teachers are the three of us hang out a lot together. We have conversations all the time. I learn stuff from you guys all the time. I learn just from my peers and the people that we talk to. Every single day I learn something new. But, you know, there's people that will sit, would say that we're teachers for them. You know, and we're like, why would you want to learn something off of me? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to figure all this stuff out, you know? And, and that's kind of, I guess that's how I always feel is I always feel like I don't know. But don't, don't you like, I like a lot of what you said, but there's a part of me that feels <laughs> the rest like, of it is BS. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's one aspect 
I, and it wasn't explicitly stated, but I feel like it's either a consequence of what you're saying or maybe it's an assumption. I don't know exactly where to put it. Which is, if you're always a student and never a teacher, then there's not, there's never an arriving. And and I want to arrive at some point, right? Like I I want to be able to say, look, I I've, I've labored in the fields, the 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 you know the product has grown, I've harvested, and now I can just rest for a bit. Um, and 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 even as I say that, I'm aware of what the you know objection to that might be but i i am curious like scott don't you ever don't don't you ever want to become like the the broker that that has a real sense of how things work and can be a bit of a sage i think we're all sages in our own way i mean we all have we all have different experiences I can't live everybody's lifetime, so I have to draw off of other people's lifetimes. Um, no, I mean, I think that once you crest that hill, I think the only thing you see is more hills in the in the distance. I, I think as human, I think as human beings. <laughs> I think as human beings, no, no, I mean, I think as human beings, I think we always have to strive for more and we always have to learn more. And when you say you have this goal, it's only a goal because you haven't achieved it yet. But the second you get there, what are you going to do? Are you going to be just bored out of your mind and just like, okay, I've achieved it. I'm king of the hill. But what you, you, you're, you're, it's always it's always stepping stones. I mean, I, I I look at it as um, you ever hear like people retire, right? And they can't retire. They're like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I can't retire. I can't just not do anything. They grow bored. They get bored. Bored as hell. And it's like I've got to do stuff with my mind. I got to do stuff with my you know. I've got to learn. I've got to learn new things. I think it's impossible to reach a destination without without um recognizing a new one along the way. Yeah. I mean, so when I think about arrive, that's a really good example. I never want to retire. Uh, but when I think about the idea of arriving, I, I do want to get to a point where say lighthouse is more or less very stable, right? I mean, there's always exogenous events that can wipe out an industry and wipe out even the most sturdy companies. Um, we're living in a pandemic. It's a great example of an exogenous event where that might happen. Um, but, um, you know, when I think about getting to the point where Lighthouse is stable, like some of the things I want to do is I want to be able to turn around and help other people build their businesses or use the money that I'm earning from this company to give back to organizations or individuals that need it more. I want to, I want to invest in, you know, new opportunities. So, so I, I I hear what you're saying about about I I hear what you're saying about arriving, being a point of just realizing there's other places to go, right? There's other hills to climb. Um, so well, I, and it, I, yeah, yeah, and and what it may be and what it often is 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 after you've put X amount of let's call it Malcolm Gladwell's ten thousand hours to become an expert at something. And let's say you put 10,000 hours into something. Now, all of a sudden, your value proposition changes to other people in the industry because there's a lot of people that don't have nearly that many hours or whatever your your success is. So your, your, your value is 
your opportunities are going to shift along the way. So like right now it's building a CRM, mm-hmm. but five years from now, it's going to be other escrow companies coming to you and saying, Dustin, you went paperless five years before anybody else was even thinking about it. Um, it took you a long time to do this. How did you do it? And now all of a sudden you become a teacher. But the reality is, is you're still a student. You're still building it. You're still figuring it out. It's funny. A teacher is somebody that knows this much more than you do. <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Uh... About something. Not everything. There's something. One of, one of the companies I worked at for a little while was a web personalization company. We were building web personalization software. I was meeting with um, one of my clients was a company in the Midwest somewhere that sold tractor trailers. And they made a few million dollars a year selling tractor trailers. And I was helping them um, edit the code on their website to drop in our script and help personalize the experience for returning customers to modify the look and design of the website to pitch them on, um, hey, you bought your tractor trailer a year ago, it's time for an oil change. Because about 10% of their revenue is all maintenance and oil changes. And about every year, you need to get an oil change on that sucker. And so if we could bump up their revenue by instead of, we know this person bought a tractor trailer, instead of showing them tractor trailers when they hit the website, we just change the web experience to pitch them on um, getting that oil change will bump up their revenue. Um, anyway, I had clients from all different industries. My One of my other clients was uh, TD Jakes. Do you guys know TD Jakes? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Can you explain what he does, Dustin? No. <laughs> you know, so he's a he's a I guess a preacher or something. Anyway, he makes hundreds of thousands of dollars, not millions, off of his website. It's it's kind of like masterclass. You you know you pay a hundred bucks or maybe less. You have access to all this different training on growth, uh, religion, leadership, etc. I was helping him uh, design and code the experience on his website so that if you are consuming content on growth. We served up content on growth and send you to the sales page that would tell you, here's all the training and et cetera that you can get on growth and leadership. Anyway, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I had zero clue what the heck I was doing. What do I know about tractor trailers? What do I know about oil changes? What do I know about um, every night I was staying up and studying just a little bit more to educate myself on how to code and (laughs) what the hell that person's industry or business was. And this was my job. This was my job. I was helping multi-million dollar companies or escrow companies. And I told my old boss, Brian Clark, I was like, hey, uh, so thanks for referring me to this job. But it's, you know, the technology is really cool. I think that, I think that we're, I don't think that anybody's there yet. I think that, um, Anyway, I think some of this is really cool. I don't think that the market or the industry is there yet or has matured. And I, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I feel like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And he just looked at me and he goes, Ricardo, all you have to do is be two days ahead, be two steps ahead of the next person. Cause that guy has no fucking idea what he's doing. So uh, when Scott said, All you have to know is this much more than the next person, 
that's literally what I was doing day in and day out. I was studying all this stuff, learning it, implementing it as I went, and then teaching it to the guy behind me. Super, super difficult, super humbling experience. The product's super awesome. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I remember a two-hour uh, dim sum lunch, right? <laughs> when you were like, what the hell am I doing? I don't know anything about any of this stuff. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I remember that. But you did – no, but you did well. It's No, it's interesting. It's, it's you know, teachers are the ones that are willing to fail the most. And, and, and I think that's what it is, is Ricardo did it because somebody believed in him. Brian believed in him. and. And he said, you know what, Ricardo, you can do this. And, and so Ricardo's like, all right, if you say I can, then I guess I can. I, I feel like that. I, I, no, nah, man, I, I don't know, man. I feel like that all the time. I'm constantly just looking at stuff and I'm just like, you know, I think it's also, I think it's also a, a, a problem of us thinking that other people, of us thinking that others have it easier or can do things better than we can. Mm -hmm. I think it, there's a little bit of that to it too. So you feel like an imposter because you're like, well, that guy's doing it and I'm not doing it or I'm not this person. So I'm not successful and, or and, I'm. And as a salesperson, that's crippling to you. When Correct. you start worrying about why another person is doing it better or how they're doing it better. It's it, it, like instantly going to cripple your progress. Yeah, but at the same time, if somebody actually is doing it better, you want to learn from them so that you can deconstruct. If you're if you're if you're doing the same thing, and and I and I I don't I don't think that every person in our I don't think every person in our sales staff is built the same way. I don't think one person can do what the next person is doing. I literally exactly. think what Scott always says, they each have their own superpowers. Mm -hmm. And the most debilitating thing that they've done to their progress is worry about, well, how can I do it the way that guy is doing it? And it's like, why would you even want to? Because that guy is making money and I'm not. No. See, that, that, I, think is, that I think is the most debilitating thing. If you just mm -hmm. stopped worrying about what he was doing and doubled down on doing it the way you're doing it and... Can well, give two way I'm doing it is stupid and wrong. <laughs> then hopefully your sales manager. Well, hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully you'll realize that sooner than later because True. A, a lot of things you do are going to be stupid and wrong. That's part and parcel of, of trying new things. See, but, yeah, that, but that's, that's a part of figuring other people, right? And you're that's like, a, that's a part of figuring out your flow. I, I don't know. I, I, I think every person has to figure out their process for themselves. You, you have you, to fail. You know what it also is too, and, and I'm liking this, likening this to to salespeople with um, that scarcity mentality. Is there is they're they're frustrated because they think there's a shortcut that they don't know about. Yes, right. That's yeah, what it is. is. Shortcut. There what is no shortcut. Well, what are you <laughs> waiting for me? Just tell me. <laughs> There, there, all of our listening friends. There, there is a short, there is a shortcut. You can you can write a check and you can trust uh. somebody. But if you don't, but if you don't know what you want, then you're gonna get what you ask for. So, I mean, the shortcuts the shortcuts are you're gonna waste a lot of time. Well, you can save time by spending money, but if you spend money and make a bad decision, you didn't save that time. You're you're kind of, but you'll learn a lot. 
right? So you just, yeah. See, you know the the other th- the other thing is a lot of people a, a lot of people as a defense mechanism against imposter syndrome, um, like to put themselves out there as something that they necessarily are not. And we had this conversation before about negativity and about social media. Nobody shows their true selves on social media. Everybody's just braggadocious. And mm-hmm. I had my best month ever. And uh, I I helped another person. Or here's my new car. Um, you know, it, it's it's just it's crazy. I mean, like right now in the mortgage industry, interest rates are at record lows. Um, Home prices are good. Uh, you know, people in the mortgage industry right now are having their best years ever, and they're going to have their best years ever because it's just the nature of the market, regardless of of COVID. And I'm in a lot of these groups, and these, and and I and a lot of these groups have a lot of transparency, like they're very tight knit groups. And you would be blown away with how many people are just struggling with life. You know, they're struggling at home. They're struggling with relationships. Yeah, the money's good and, and, and you're busy, but they, there's all these other things that they're dealing with. And, 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 and it's like everybody is like that. It, it, again, this is just your internal dialogue. This is all just you convincing yourself of what uh, it's just you trying to convince yourself of something without having any facts to back it up, (laughs) quite frankly, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's the whole devil and the angel, right? And you're just snapping off the angel and all you're doing is listening to the little devil, uh, Tasmanian devil (laughs) on your your shoulders that, who is that, that Bugs Buddy? Did he have the Tasmanian devils or Tasmanian devil had, Tasmanian devils on his shoulders. I remember those. No, I'm the only Bugs Bunny. It's, it's Looney Tunes. I don't think it was Bugs Bunny though. Oh, it was it. <laughs> I don't okay. think so. I don't know. I'm not an expert. <laughs> yeah. So no, this is this is an important conversation, and I, 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 what I think is interesting about this is I think a lot of people are afraid to have this conversation, but once you get into when you get into an arena where people are really top producing, high producing people, you'll hear these conversations a lot. Like this is a, this is a normal part of the conversation and the training in my really, really high, high level C-level coaching groups. They talk about this stuff constantly because it's mm-hmm. totally real. And the thing that you feel like powers those kinds of people through this kind of feeling of imposter syndrome is humility to know that you're still learning and the determination to keep driving toward whatever the goal is. And surrounding yourself with people that understand what you're going through and push you past push you past that. Having mentorship or a good feedback loop. Yeah. All right. Well, seems like a good place to wrap up. So if uh, you know, if any of you would like to maybe submit some thoughts on this or talk to us more. We'd love to, we'd love to extend, extend the opportunity for that. Uh, Facebook right now is the best platform for, for us to see those kinds of comments. If you go to the marketing trench, Facebook group, uh, you can leave a comment there. We would love to uh, love to dialogue with you about it. Um, We're working on some cool stuff. News forthcoming. Uh, (laughs) 
We're going to keep it under wraps here for a little bit, but uh, hopefully we have some big announcements to make after you know the summer and maybe even a little sooner than that. Um, so in the meantime, you can find our episodes, uh, such as talking about uh, for control group, uh, the episode where we talked about overcoming and learning new things. Um, that's all at marketingtrench.fm. And then we encourage you to check out our sister podcast over at Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative. We're a proud founding member of that great organization. They've got some really cool podcasts over there. So go check out our friends at realdisrupt.com. Until next time, this has been The Marketing Trench. Yeah. There was a...